Welcome to Cinema in Context, where we discuss all things film and the connections between. My name is Jeremy Downing. I'm William Chan. And this month we are joined by Sinead Fitzgerald. Welcome back, Sinead. Hello. And our special guest, Adam Spedding. Welcome, Adam. Hello. Adam is a writer, director, a tap dancer, and a film watcher, I guess. <laughs> yep. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Adam. Each month at Cinema in Context, we discuss two films, one current and one retrospective, with some connection. It could be the same director, the same actor, or a similar theme. This month, we are discussing the first X-Men film, which came out in 2000, and apparently the final X-Men film of the Fox X-Men universe, Aww. Dark Phoenix, or X-Men Dark Phoenix, depending on which country you live in. Uh, yeah, so let's start off with an explanation of Dark Phoenix, which might be a little bit backwards, but I'm keen to hear what you've come up with, William, so I'll give it over to you. All right, so, so guys, guys, uh, I, I recently watched a rare female-led Marvel movie uh, set in the 90s, where the protagonist gains cosmic superpowers after an aerial mission goes terribly wrong. Although a member of a paramilitary peacekeeping unit, she, she turns her back on her teammates after being accosted by a mysterious race of shape-shifting, face-changing aliens who believe that the power within her is the key to saving their vagrant people. In the end, our protagonist learns that it is truly, truly her emotions that are keeping her in check, and to become truly super, she needs to own those emotions rather than compartmentalize. And she saves the day with fiery spectacle through the skies. <laughs> she even gets to beat up the aliens on a speeding train, which is pretty cool. Big, big set piece there. But enough about Captain Marvel, ladies and gents. <laughs> yes, Dark Phoenix. Um, also, a lot of parallels with another movie that came out this year. Oh, which is interesting, which is why they re-edited and re- re-shot, re-shot the, the like, ending. The whole ending. But not because of Captain Marvel, because of um, Civil War, I think. Well, that's what he said, but apparently the like the villain in this film, is, so they were supposed to be Skrulls, right? Oh, that was right. the setup for it. But then Captain Marvel happened, and they were like, oh, Can't we better be change scroll. that. And so that's why they're so rubbish. Oh. <laughs> so Jessica Chastain had no idea what she was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, cool. So the other film is X-Men. So X-Men came out in 2000, and it really is the beginning of the superhero uh, genre in terms of, I guess, I don't want to say being taken seriously, because you have, you know, you did have the, the um, Tim Burton films of the, Tim Burton Batman films of the 80s and 90s, and you had the Superman films. Of and the was 70s. Blade also before? Yes, yeah. that's true. But I guess in terms of like the modern day superhero genre that we think of now, you know, X-Men really was the, the start of that. It was the first time that we had really seen kind of real people in these films. Um, and yeah, it follows, it really follows uh, three key characters. So you have uh, Magneto, who is on a mission to, he's got this brotherhood and he's on a mission to turn everybody into mutants. Uh, you've got Rogue, who is a young girl who's who can't touch anybody because she saps the energy, trying to find a place in the world. And you've got Wolverine, who is a memory lost um, you know, immediately healing warrior who's sort of just a vagrant who travels around. Um, and that sort of sets the stage for introducing the X-Men world. And, you know, 12 films later, we are now at Dark Phoenix, for better or for worse. Yeah. For cool. worse. For, for worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's jump in, like, I mean, just to come back to that point, because I, you know, I really like Jessica Chastain in the film, but it's maybe just because I really like Jessica Chastain and she... She was she was a cool villain for me. Um, just her presence on the screen. Every time she was there, I was like, ah, oh, this is the coolest parts of this movie. But yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think that's just because you like Jessica Chastain. I, think so. 
Uh, she's great. She's a great actress. But I, I, I've read interviews where she literally didn't know who she was, like what she was doing. And I don't think that's a great place to start anything. <laughs> she was. It was fun seeing her though at the start when she was like, she was like holding hosting the dinner party. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like, where's this going? And then she dies. I thought I, I was watching it and I was like, oh, okay, so now we've got tree people. Oh, these are not tree people. Um, <laughs> what are these? Okay, cool. Um, I, think I guess I can buy into this. <laughs> I think they tried to explain it in one line, just saying they're from another planet. Yeah. yeah. And then that was it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, like that's okay, all cool. And wasn't she actually supposed to be a different character, but then they changed it to Vux or Vuck or whatever it was, or something else, um, uh, in post? Like, and also the, the phoenix was all changed in post. Like it was yeah, supposed to be fiery, I mean, but it was more cosmic. Everything at the end, it just felt you could feel the post editing. Um, there's a lot of ADR lines as well at the very end, uh, where you know Jean Grey has a voiceover, and you know the phoenix will rise again. All, all the stuff felt very, very strangely taped together. Um, and yeah, I, I also think it's it's really interesting with with this movie and with with a couple of others. Men in Black was another one, and Godzilla how these are all recent summer tempo movies that haven't done so well. Um, and then you see immediately, you know, people talk to Deadline and to, to these big internet media sites about, oh, this is what happened behind the scenes. And I think people are really interested in hearing about how these big Hollywood properties kind of collapse in on themselves. Mm. It's kind of a marketing ploy, I guess, by this point, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I suppose, yeah, but it just there was no there's barely any marketing yeah. in comparison to a big film for Dark Phoenix. Mm. Like usually, an X Men film is pretty big. Even Apocalypse, which you know wasn't that well received, it, you know it still did really well at the, the box office. Yeah. Um, yeah and I mean, still, that still one. a bad film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 not as bad as some of the X Men films. <laughs> yeah, but like when I was watching Dark Phoenix all through the Jean Grey goes home, all I was seeing was X3. And I was like, I, I know where this bit goes. I know where this mm. bit goes. Oh, okay. Charles Xavier isn't going to die. Mm. It's Raven. Great. I don't care. Mm. <laughs> Didn't mm. care at all. At least That's... in X3, I cared when Patrick Stewart started dissipating. Like, I cared. That death was so obvious as well. Yeah. Like, it was like, she's Ravens. talking about, yeah, she's yeah. talking about what they're going to do. But it was also know. badly done. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just didn't, my biggest beef with the film, or my two biggest beefs, is one, I was bored, like, the entire thing. Yeah. The other thing, I didn't care about anyone or anything. Like, I loved Jennifer Lawrence, but by the time we got to her dying, I was like, okay. Mm. <laughs> it's probably worth saying there's spoilers all through this oh, um, yeah, podcast. So, um, you know, sorry, guys, if you didn't know that, my bad. But uh, you if, know. if you had seen the trailer to Dark Phoenix, you would have known. This yeah. is true. They, this is true. They also openly said that in the marketing, right? Yeah. They said, yeah. Raven's gonna die, which <laughs> seems like a very bad call to me. Well, let's talk about death or how we get to death, which is usually by aging, which is my biggest issue with the film. Which is like, <laughs> so apparently in like five years, um, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender are supposed to turn into Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, mm-hmm. so they're gonna age like 30, 40 years. They have looked the same since the 1960s, like, they have not changed. This is 1992, right? Like, just the, just the pure logic of people aging makes no sense. Like, even um, the, the Mystique character, like, she, um, in the first class film, she turns into an older version of herself, which is Rebecca Roman, mm-hmm. um, is it Stamos? Oh, ex Stamos. Ex Stamos, of course. Um, Wait, she married John Stamos? Yeah, she yeah. did. What? Stamos! Oh, okay. <laughs> Big fan of it. Um, but yeah, so they just do not age. Like, yeah. there's only one character in the X Men universe that, sh- universe that should shouldn't age, right? Which is Wolverine. 
Like, you can't just magically have everybody not age. Also, so watching the first one, you're like, man, he's young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> and then when you see him in first class and he just looks so old <laughs> to James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender, you're like, something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> this is just not how it's supposed to be. Well, this, I guess it's a good segue then to talk about the first film because that was his first American film. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, man, he's cool. Uh, I just love him in that movie. He just claims that character and... You know, I don't know. Do you guys, remember, do you guys remember when that film came out? And it was like it wasn't hugely well received. Like it was, it was okay. And I even even as a kid, I was like, I'm I'm enjoying this. But like yeah, I've I, grown to love it more over time. I remember everyone being really excited about it. At least my circle of friends. Uh, I was in the states visiting family friends, um, and around uh, people around my age, like 13, 12, 13, 14, um, we were like, guys, you know, we got to see the X Men movie. There's an X Men movie coming out. I think it was it was a really big thing because kids in the nineties had grew up with X Men, you know mm. the the old Fox cartoon with the awesome theme song. I remember back in, in junior school how everyone had Wolverine action figures, like it was a known property, um, as big as say Batman or, or Superman. Um, and I think for a jumping off point for this this kind of superhero world that we're living in, it's not a bad one because there's there's so many characters and it's really relatable in a way, especially the first couple of films like. There are very, very heavy parallels with a coming-of-age story, which I think is awesome. Mm. Mm. And coming-out stories. Yeah, Particularly yeah. that second one. The second one where they like, literally have the coming-out scene of being a mutant with the parents. Mm-hmm. And like, have you tried not being a mutant? Mm, um, and like Angel. Yeah. Tears off all of his one. feathers. Yeah. Aww. Well, I, yeah, that, I mean, just they, where they take some of that stuff is really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. And what I will say about Dark Phoenix is that you know, I totally hear you guys in terms of not caring about anybody and generally being bored. Um, but the kind of, you know, it was trying to do something with sort of a mental health breakdown and also the ego of institutions being at the expense of the well-being of its people. And, yeah. I, and I felt that the film did pitch that really clearly with yeah. like an opening relationship of, um, you know, Charles Xavier and... Jean Grey, mm. and then it, and it's, that's the relationship at the end that kind of pulls it together. But just the actual ride was, yeah, like that scene outside of the building where they fight through the street and the cars, <laughs> like they're so stupid. I was like, what are you guys doing? You're just endangering all these people. Like, yeah. you've got a nice, perfectly good park that you can have your little fight over there. Yeah, they're like, no, I want to have it right here yeah. in front of traffic. Yeah. And then Magneto, when he puts his hands out, I was like, oh, okay, he's going to bring up the pipes and he's going to wrap. No, he brings up a, a freaking train. subway <laughs> car. <laughs> Why? The turnaround of that scene of like, don't do it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't kill her. All right. Oh, and then I, I like her now. But even, <laughs> but even like logistically of, of that train going into the yeah. building. Mm. Tell me what the purpose of that was. Like, I it was a cool shot. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. <laughs> but was he thinking to like block the door? Yeah. And then, but really, he just provided a nice little tunnel into <laughs> yeah. the building. Yeah. It was just a cool shot. Man. Oh, can but I, it wasn't. Can I just say? <laughs> What's up with the guy whose superpower is his hair? Because oh. I couldn't stand that. <laughs> That's just not hygienic at all. <laughs> I, I, I thought for the longest time that was Adam Beach, but it wasn't. It was another, I don't know another dude. No, um, he's an actor from a uh, Native American actor. Oh, cool. Um, also, they have Nightcrawler who can just teleport anywhere. Ah, oh, that scene. That the scene space, is so dumb. And the space logic. Yeah. Like Jean Grey can breathe in space, space and isn't hurt by the freezing temperatures. Uh, yeah. Um, did we just forget about <laughs> what happens in space? Yeah. I, 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 actually, I, I really like that space sequence. I, I thought the, the movie opened pretty strong. 
Um, and with like the the world building, with the X Men now be actually being superheroes, and um, Xavier has that direct line to the president. That stuff was really fun. I, I just wish we had you know. A but little also, more of that. what a waste of the president. <laughs> I love the actor who plays the president, and surely he shot more than just the like two lines that he had in the film. Yeah, maybe they just added that bit where he's like, "President, oh, oh I can't talk to him anymore." <laughs> <laughs> just like, explain why he's gone from the picture. Um, back to X Men. I, I guess one of my bigger disappointments of the entire series is that it never really pays off the Rogue and Wolverine kind of mentor relationship whatever it is like father mm. daughter relationship they, they they never rogue kind of just disappears from the films and mm. i felt like it was such a well set up point in the mm. first movie um they never do they never did rogue justice no, no. Well, i mean in, yeah in part three she literally disappears yeah yeah um, she doesn't she give her powers takes gets her powers taken away so yeah. she can touch her boyfriend yeah Who's not interested in her yeah. anymore? <laughs> yep. And then she's in Days of Future Past. She in the road cut. In the road cut, which is yeah. not very good. She's um, got her powers back. Yeah. I do love that they retconned all of the. They just like retconned all of Last Stand choices, right? <laughs> they just like let's <laughs> just ignore. And then it wasn't even through time travel. Like it had already happened with Wolverine because um, Xavier's back. And yeah. It's like oh okay. <laughs> I'll take it because Last Stand was horrible. Their, yeah, the justification was. Uh, that Days of Future Past reset everything, right? Mm-hmm. But then it like, makes no. It still yeah. makes no sense. No, but that's their, <laughs> that's the justification. Because <laughs> it's the same writer, Dark Phoenix and X Three, both Simon Kinberg. He's been, he's done heaps of them, though, right? He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he came in on three, right? And then he's mm-hmm. been pretty consistent throughout all of them. He didn't do first class. Uh, he didn't though. do first class, which is by far my favorite. Same. Um, but yeah, it's after after Future Past, he was just like, yeah, I want to do this one again. <laughs> Didn't quite get it right the first time. Actually, quite the second. controversial. I think one of my favourite of the X-Men series is Wolverine Origins. <laughs> no! Yeah. No! Why? Yeah. Okay, justify. Justify. Oh, I just, I I just love evidence. his journey. Like, uh, for some reason, I had, back when iPod touched it. No, iPod. I, I, don't, I don't remember. Nano? No, it's like the bigger one. Touch. Yeah. That's it. The it was like an iPhone is, without the Yeah, it was like phone. an iPhone without phone capabilities. Yeah. And I had two films downloaded onto it. Three films. Sweeney Todd, X-Men First Class, and Wolverine Origins. And I watched them so much. I just loved Wolverine. I don't know. I just liked his journey. I liked seeing him develop, how he got his adamantium, his revenge story, all the people that were there. I mean, I could do without the Ryan Reynolds butchering the, <laughs> that whole thing. Literally uh, butchered. Yeah, but I don't know. There's just something about it. Maybe it's because I watched a lot more. And I and I mean, I do think back to that film, and I think fondly on certain images. Like, there's some nice images in there, but I can't, whenever I watch it, like, like who like, I am being the teleporter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's so many mutants in that film. Yeah, yeah. Emma Frost is in that movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's that guy. That guy who throws guns. Um, and I, I remember. I don't know why. I remember this one shot in that movie where the guy throws a CGI gun and kind of floats in the air and just looked really, really weird. Oh, right. I mean, Ryan Reynolds as Wade Wilson already is before he turns. He's pretty cool. He's like the wisecracking dude in the lift and mm. he's got samurai swords and stuff. And then, he, then he's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say this. I think 
the the Wolverine movies after Origins, uh, uh, I I think they're some of the, the best X Men movies. Like, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't even think I've seen the Wolverine. Oh, it's really cool. It's awesome. An extended yeah. version is better because they give more character to the Japanese yeah. characters, and they also have more violence and more swearing, which is great. Dumb. Which it kind of needs that because it's like a Japanese, Japanese samurai film. Yeah, right? mm. Logan was great though. Logan's, oh, Logan's the best, that. the best yeah. X Men film, right? But but even yeah, the Wolverine, like I I you know dismissed it because X Men Origins I, I don't like a lot. Um, and I saw it on HBO ages after, and was like, "Holy cow, this movie is awesome!" Um, and it has the serious Wolverine stuff. It has the goofy superhero stuff where he fights Silver Samurai. This is big, giant Japanese, you know, mech. Um, but it feels true to the character in a way. I think a lot of the X Men sequels do not. Mm. Um, and of course, like Logan, Logan is the perfect Kappa that Dark Phoenix isn't. Right? Mm. It's that it's so different from everything else, but it, it so ties into all of what makes the best X-Men movies work mm. um, and gives payoff to Xavier and gives payoff to, to you know, Logan and, and to the whole idea of, of mutants and, and this whole struggle that they've had. Oh, man, that was... What a great movie, guys. What a great movie. Probably what X-Men films struggle with so much mm. is finding the right tone. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why Logan worked is because it just commits to what it is, like what it feels like it should be. And for me, so often that they just feel like they're trying to be. It's an inherently silly thing, and so it feels like they're trying so hard to be like real serious about yeah, it. Yeah, I know like, Is there still people in suits flying around? Yeah. Stuff? yeah, yeah. Um, I I just think like if you think of like if, if Apocalypse had been a good better film, I still loved. I actually still really enjoyed Apocalypse. I just thought the last part was just all a little bit silly. Mm. Um, but if Days of Future Past for me was a really good send off for the old cast, uh, Apocalypse could have been a good send off for the new cast. And then Logan is such a well, like you said, such a good cap on the series. Yeah, and Dark Phoenix just sort of opens the box again. Well, it was just like you've got a film with a lot of Oscar winners and Oscar-nominated actors and actresses, and their performances are crap. Yeah. And it's not because of their acting, because obviously they've got awards and we've seen them in previous movies to know that they have the chops. It's the direction and the writing. It just, like, I've never cared as much as I have. No, as little as I have. What am I trying to say? I didn't care. That's mm. what I'm trying to say. Watching mm. the difference between Dark Phoenix and First Class, mm. you're like, you watch First Class and you're like, Michael Fassbender is great. Mm. Yeah. Like, such a good actor. Watching Dark Phoenix, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're a good actor, what are you doing? He had some nice moments, like when Raven died and he heard about it. I was like, okay, this is a nice nice moment. But like everything else, I was like, this is... This is crap. Where they are just you? It looked like they had gi- been given really bad dialogue yeah. and no help to make it any better for yeah. them. Is that scene where he and Jean Grey are having like a handoff? Um, <laughs> where they're trying to use their hand powers to stop a helicopter from crashing or to make a helicopter crash. Yeah. And it was the most ridiculous sequence. It reminded me of all of, um, have you guys seen Fate of the Furious? The yeah. eight Fast and Furious in that scene, uh, in that movie, there's a scene where Charlize Theron and um, uh, Nathalie Emmanuel have a hack off, and they're just like ba 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 typing at keyboards, and it's it's the same except with hands. With hand <laughs> <gestures>. <laughs> oh. um, I, I to first class. I don't I don't love first class. Like I love parts of it. Like I do love all of the um, revenge storyline, and I love the Cuban Missile Crisis connection. But I, but some of those, some of those, like the, my one of my most hated scenes in the X Men 
franchise is when the kids are all sitting around in the army base and Jennifer Lawrence is like, you're Magneto <laughs> oh, and you're Professor X and you're... And I'm like, no, no, no. It's like the Solo thing, right? Like, what's your last name? Oh, I'll write down Solo. Yeah. I'm like, no. I'll give, I'll give you that. But <laughs> in general, the dialogue of that film is so much better. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, who's brilliant in that movie, who doesn't, I forgot she was even in it until I saw a clip the other day, is um, Rose, Mc, Rose McBurn. Rose Byrne? Mm-hmm. Rose Byrne. She plays yeah. Moira McTavish. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. such a cool, like, where does she go? She just disappears. I, she comes back in Apocalypse, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah, he erases her memory. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, she, like, she's like one of the agents is... Yeah. A, but does she just have a memory back? Uh, no, 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 she doesn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because they've got that whole love line between her and Charles, and then he's like, Yeah, where did they go? I can't be with you because yeah. I'm a mutant and I'm going to erase your memory. Oh, it's dumb. Yeah. I'm sure they can make it work. Like, <laughs> yeah. far out. But yeah. Um, what about so X2? X2 is the big sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen it in ages, but I remember when that movie came out, it was like, it was like an event oh, of a yeah. film. And it ended with the Dark Phoenix. Yeah, suggestion yeah. right with her under the water and which was pretty cool because X2 uh, I, I feel like to a lot of people um, online and people you know I talk to X2 and Spider-Man 2 seem to be the platonic ideals for superhero movies um, how to do a sequel ride and how to really you know develop and grow things threads and characters that you've introduced in a you know pretty good but kind of shaky first outing um, and I I saw X2 I think a year a year back two years back and I think it really holds up it really does it's, it's solid the action's really cool um, and there's some real iconic sequences like Magneto's cool um, plastic jail and the breakout from that and you know too much iron in your blood yeah oh yeah, yeah. That's awesome that's how he escapes she injects him with a syringe full of iron and then yeah. he's like oh and then he pulls out the little balls and then he goes. I haven't seen this in like six years. <laughs> That's she, be she, great for audio. She, <laughs> <laughs> she, in, she injects the security guard, eh? Yeah. Yeah, the, the club. But I love yeah. the opening. I'll never forget sitting in the, in the cinema and watching that opening sequence oh. with Nightcrawler and the. And DSD and the, and, and the, yes. the overall office. Like, that was like. Bleh, like, mm-hmm. my brain, little whatever 15 year old brain or 40 year old brain was exploding with, with joy. And, um, and I think just the hint of. Like, really, like, ending that film with the hint that Jean Grey was flaming up. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, a shot of, like, a camera going over the water. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? And no, like, I can't remember The that last part. shot of the film is a camera going over the water of the dam where she's been killed. And you see either underwater or reflected on the surface the phoenix. And I was like, oh, the phoenix, the phoenix is coming. Um, and then, so then cool. she came and it was really bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, <laughs> this is going to sound real nitpicky, but... The thing that I was missing from Dark Phoenix was the love triangle between Wolverine and Cyclops and Jean Grey. Like, where was my love tension? <laughs> <laughs> like, there was no Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> just ruined it for me, honestly. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think about that in the first film? I mean, with with the timeline now, it, it's going to be super creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't quite work. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, yeah. It was... Uh, because Hugh Jackman's aged. <laughs> <laughs> the others have got new actors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, that, I mean, that love triangle for me, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I think Jay's Master, Masters does a great job. Oh, Master, Master, Master. Yeah, who's Masters? He's a Buffy. from Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I brought Buffy into it somehow. Um, Plus, he was Piccolo in that uh, Dragon Ball movie. Oh gosh, yeah. oh gosh. 
But um, I, he, James Marsden, he does a good job of making Cyclops relatively likable because he could be yeah. such a douche. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, the, the chemistry between the three of them is, is really good in the first one. The, yeah. um, it, you know, the, the big fight scene with, you know, I'm the real one, you're the real one. Yeah. It's like, you're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really good stuff. I don't know, you're oh, real. You're a dick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I quite like seeing Halle Berry in a role where she was, like, before she was Cat Halle Berry. Mm. Oh. Okay, woman, yeah. <laughs> that happened. Um, and Ray Park, like, you know, post-Darth Maul, his big, his big acting role with his face revealed and everything. That was the most ridiculous yeah. character. Him and Sabretooth are so ridiculous. Oh, yeah. There's some, there's some awkward moments in there. I don't like... I, what, the thing that I didn't like re-watching the half of X1 that I watched was seeing Jean Grey be so useless. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, this woman is so powerful, yet she can't even get toad goo off her face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what? It's like Rogue. Like, I'm pretty sure Rogue accepts Captain Marvel's powers in the comics, right? Mm-hmm. So she can fly and she can go through walls and stuff. Yeah. She's really strong. And they never do anything with her. She's just... There. Mm, she just t- touches people and sucks. Yeah, it's a little bit of teen angst. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Adam, had you seen X-Men before? Yeah, I've seen... Uh, I want to say all of them, but that's probably incorrect. I've seen probably 90% of them. Um, but I just forget them. Like, I couldn't tell you what Apocalypse is about. I saw it, but I didn't particularly enjoy it so it just uh, gone from my memory yeah I, I, I mean I would agree with that I do remember the opening sequence of, Pol- of Apocalypse with the whole Egyptian theme like oh, that yeah. was really cool I was like wow this movie's going to be great <laughs> <laughs> no I don't remember that three hours later well, uh, uh, the, the scene with the nukes um, and Handel that was that was quite nice oh, I don't even remember that oh okay it's, it's when um, Apocalypse you know he in order to stop mutually assured destruction he launches all the nukes in the world into space Oh, no, wow. no, oh, no. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, I don't, I don't, even remember. I don't remember that. I've only just remembered who the villain was. <laughs> yeah, Oscar Isaac was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh poor, no, poor, still don't remember poor that. Guy with all the prosthetics and everything. <laughs> I remember when I was younger, I really wanted to go to San Francisco so I could see the San Francisco Bridge where Magneto moves it. <laughs> and, to see if it was moved. Yeah, <laughs> in X three, that was that was great. X three suffers from too many too many X Men. Mm. Like yeah. just too many X Men, you just kill your movie. Eh? Like mm. it's just because they just come in and they do a little magic trick and then they yeah. off, off they go. I did love Kitty in it though. She yes, really, yeah, yeah. And and Juggernaut? who doesn't love Ka- no Kelsey Grammer? <laughs> oh right, oh, it's Beast. 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 Yeah, I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I Jones? The yeah. Juggernaut. yeah, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a wee bit. <laughs> But it's uh, nice that he resurfaces in Deadpool. Yeah, I was, yeah. was going to say, let's talk about Deadpool, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so Deadpool. I tell you what, I saw Deadpool for the first time on, and the only time I haven't gone back and watched it, not because I didn't love it, but uh, I was on an Emirates flight, and um, I'm watching the title sequence where he's giving someone a wedgie, and the little butt cracks blurred out, and I'm like, huh, okay. And then I realised because Emirates heavily edit their films for any sexual content, and so all of the sex scenes were cut out. And, of course, there's a huge development of character through a montage of sex scenes. And I'm like, what's going on? Something, I missed something here. Like, um, his girlfriend suddenly got, like, really long hair and, and they're getting married. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> and, of course, Deadpool is quite sexual. So it's yeah. just like, so oh was a shortcut. Emirates, why are you shortcutters? <laughs> yeah. Great food, though. And metal cutlery. Just oh. saying. 
Oh yeah, I can, I can get behind that. About. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Deadpool. What are we? What are we thinking? I love Deadpool. I loved it. So good. I think they're fun, but I've only watched both of them once. Yeah, I think they um the two Deadpool movies and Logan show that like a a mid budget superhero movie actually works. Mm. I think that's that's awesome. You know, because there's so much based on. Much more on character than spectacle, really. Mm. Um, and they and pull tone. it off. And tone, yes, they have a very, <laughs> absolutely right, a very, very specific tone they're looking for. Yep. Um, and they pull it off with aplomb, and the audiences, you know, crave this stuff. I mean, they those mov- those three movies, the three R-rated, you know, Fox X Men quote unquote movies, has made they've made so much more money than yeah. the the big budget, you know, tempo ones. Yeah, and I think, um, like, we're talking about tone and kind of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. What I get sick of, and I've talked about this before, is that the piecing together of films, like, it's so refreshing when I see a movie and, and a scene just is allowed to play out and, like, there's an arc and, you know, there's... there's not that I need long shots, but I like you can tell that they've actually... There's <laughs> like there's actually something going on in the actual real it's space. It's being rehearsed and directed, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> and rather than like not just oh shit, we'll put together. this together in post. Yeah, <laughs> and just the refilming and the recutting we'll and the. Um, and I think the like the, I think about the Hobbit movies, and they're just horrible mm. for that. Like, and there's like shots where you're like, that's so clearly been filmed two years later. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of which, um, yeah, the reshoots in Dark Phoenix are there crazy how obvious it is um sophie turner looks noticeably more gaunt did you guys see this oh no um like in the original original footage i guess her face was much rounder and she has a much narrower face in the reshoots oh wow it's like, oh, holy cow you know they they didn't even try <laughs> well, um, or maybe they did they just didn't you know fix that well wow, um, that's quite specific the way yeah imagine, yeah suppose people go through changes and how do you keep that? Or, I, or you see, you CGI just with, like with Henry Cavill and his mustache, <laughs> oh. <laughs> or like Xavier Professor X in that Wolverine movie at the end, uh. where it's just like <laughs> he walks in like a mannequin. Yeah. Like, or oh, the start of um, X Men First Stand, our Last Stand, X Men Three. You know when um, Xavier and um, Magneto are really yeah. young. But they're not. They're like this weird, like it was that that de aging tech before they had perfected it. And yeah. they just look look like mannequins. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Oh gosh! But but then like Disney have have really you know doubled down on that stuff like in Guardians two and and Ant Man two how you have young Michelle Pfeiffer and it's it's noticeably perfect um, like young Samuel L Jackson yeah like Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel yeah that was stupidly good yeah. was it I haven't seen it I haven't seen Captain yeah. Marvel yeah it, it looks good. I mean with with like Michelle Pfeiffer and Sam Jackson and them like we know what they look like when they were mm. you know thirty mm. years younger mm. and they look. I mean, photo real. It's astounding. Do they? What do they do? Do they? They do a mocap performance, and then do they CGI them? Uh, I don't actually know. I know they perform it. Like he did everything. Um, I'm assuming you're probably right. They probably just put dots all over him, mm. um, and then just adjust his face. <laughs> <laughs> so I. So I guess to think about like X Men as that opening of this genre. The genre that um, there's so much fatigue uh, around this genre. You know, has how much have things changed over the last what are we nineteen years, twenty years? Um, how much have the X Men films changed along with it? Um, and how much how much does Dark Phoenix suck? Um, no, uh, <laughs> a lot. The thing, the thing with one, two, and three, right? They were before Marvel started, right? So by the time 2008 comes and Iron Man comes out and um, they start building towards what has become massive, 
they kind of took the crown, right? They kind of shifted the tone of what this genre should be. Mm. Um, and I think that's probably where X-Men's struggled for quite some time is that it's still trying to be something from 20 years ago. Um, yeah. Uh, I was just always disappointed as a kid when uh, Iron Man and the First Avengers came out and they never included the X-Men in it because I grew up reading the comics and there were so many comics where the Avengers and X-Men were one. And it was just like, why can't we just have Cloud Nine in here? Which we'll get in the next five years. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. It's interesting, eh? Because they sold off their biggest tentpole Marvel franchises, right? Yeah. So Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, and the X-Men, they didn't own. And then they were able to make Marvel Studios with, like, C-grade. Yeah, the C-listers, yeah. Yeah. Marvel was struggling, so Mm. they sold all the rights to their biggest (laughs) things. And then they went, oh, we're doing all right now. We're going to make some movies. That's amazing, eh, that they were struggling, eh? It's like, they, I guess because comic books were changing, and and now they're like the biggest, probably the biggest studio out there, like even bigger than Pixar. Bigger than Star Wars, I would say. Yeah, because they're making so many movies. Like, how many movies have they made? All of them are making stupid money. (laughs) Hundreds of millions to billions of dollars. And they're they're generally really good. Yeah. Yeah. Audiences love them. Yeah. There's a real footprint, like... You know, from the very young to the very old, everyone knows a Marvel movie. Mm. Mm. So I think it's time. It, is, it feels like, it's, I guess what you're saying, like, it's it's old, eh? Like, mm. it's just old, and mm. they're trying to make it work, and it's not working. Mm. It, well, it was working. It, it has peaks and troughs, right? It's, yeah, and, and like like we were saying before, like, the ex- experiment, or the more experimental stuff, like the Deadpool movies and Logan, mm. I think, you know, audiences gravitate to that stuff, stuff that's different and fresh. Well, I feel like, for, for so, me, Dave, even though I think no, Logan is the best X-Men film, Days of Future Past, for me, is my favourite one, because, mm. I mean, I love time travel anyway, and it was just the ending of the original series that Last Stand was so disappointingly not um, and they brought those two worlds together and that's, that's such a cool film um, but it was supposed to be the third one yeah. it was supposed to be the one uh, so it should have happened as a third X, one X-Men was supposed to set up like a, a new uh, our first class was supposed to set up like a new trilogy um, and that's when Matthew Vaughan and, and Jan Goldman came on board and um, so they wrote and Matthew Vaughan directed first class mm. and they wrote the like story outlines for two more films days of future past was supposed to be the third one right so essentially x-men had its three trilogy uh, trilogy first class gets its trilogy and the third one is the one that kind of brings it all and wraps it all oh see that would have been nice which is what it was supposed to be and then basically the studio looked at days of future past and went oh we want to do that one and matthew Vaughan was like well no you've got to you've got to earn it you've got to do this <laughs> second one first and then you get to the third one and they're like no nah, no nah, we want to do this one so we went, okay I'm out wow I didn't know that what was, what was the second one going to be about do you know I don't know um, something that would have like solved the like let's jump every 10 years so that yeah. none of our characters age and makes no sense but it would have felt more worth it to me I think yeah. right like, the payoff would have would it, yeah because yeah. you earn things, right? Like, and I suppose because in Days of Future Past, the the younger cast, they like they've sort of like lost hope, eh? Like, mm. and is that, that is quite a bit of a jump because they were all generally all good at the end of First Class. I mean, sure, yeah. Ch- Charles had lost the use of his legs, but um, <laughs> yeah. um, you live and you learn, and uh, and so yeah, they and the connective tissue is also very strange, but um, from the end of the Wolverine to yes, Days of Future Past, yes. 
because they come so in their, their post credit sequence mm-hmm. um, they come and find Wolverine at, a, at a, an airport yeah, yeah and it's Magneto and Xavier and then it's like we've Hi, got something um... for you to do and then they don't have something for him to do <laughs> yeah. until like 50 years yeah, later 50 yeah. years later yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I figured out why I like Wolverine Origins. Oh, nice! It's because I buy into a backstory. I like mm-hmm. knowing where people came from and how they got to where they are, and that just it does it for me. Mm. It's like Vietnam War, mm. got all this crap, mm. part of the Striker program. I'm sold. I gotta say, the X Men films, for all of their faults and you know whatever, have some really good opening sequences. Like mm. that that sequence, opening sequence of Wolverine Origins, is fantastic with mm. the different wars and with Liv Schreiber as Sabretooth. He's so good. Um, mm. That's so cool. The opening of the opening of X Men One is still one of the coolest. Like mm. their whole which I didn't concentration realize the same opening as First Class. Yeah, yeah. So I watched back. them like back to back. I was yeah. like, oh. Well, you think like that opening X two has a great opening. Um, I think X three they do like the Sentinels. Oh no, there's these like multiple. Pr- that, that one's not a great opening. Um, <laughs> X, well, Origins Wolverine has a great opening. Um, there's the Japanese sequence and the Wolverine yeah, with the nuclear bomb. Yeah, yeah, really cool. First class is like Eric like destroying the. Holy the, cow! Um, that that mm, one edit yeah. where you see the Doctor's um, his his. Not lab or his office, and then it shows the other side of the room. Mm. Oh my gosh! Yeah, really, really cool. So um, you've got uh, I, I, what was what was um, Days of Future Past? Is the like the, the Sentinel? The Sentinel attack. Stuff. Yeah, there's some really cool sequences in here. I don't even again Logan. I don't know what that was. That that was um, him uh, beating up the dudes who try and steal his car. I, okay, yeah. so when I saw that, I was like, I didn't realize the film was R rated, and I, I was sitting there, and then you like, I think you like chopped someone's face off, yeah. and I was yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited, I was like, violence! <laughs> <laughs> I need me some blood in my superhero movies. <laughs> Because, I mean, it's that thing, right? It's like yeah. they're usually, like, beating people up. And Wolverine's always putting his claws into people. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. this is really violent, but you never see any blood. Like, oh. it's like, we can do this and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, um, to what you were saying, Jeremy, the the intro credits are usually also so cool. That music, and usually they do something cool with the logo and you zoom in. Even Apocalypse, um, where it shows, like, the history of mutants. Yeah. I mean, it was like, Jesus was a mutant and all this... <laughs> Weird stuff that flashes by. Um, but I they, can't remember that. Yeah, so, so they show all the mutants throughout history, and then you see Jesus on the cross. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. that's great. It's like the men in black thing, eh? Where you yeah. go, like, people as aliens. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, just on this origins thing, I think this is probably where um, you were saying you like where the thing comes from and, and its backstory. Yeah, I think this is where Marvel is going to somewhat struggle going forward. Because um, of this fatigue that you're talking about, things like Captain Marvel was fine, but it was just another origin story, um, and I I understand what it does for uh, the female audience and, and finally giving them a superhero of their own, but it's just another origin story, and I think they're going to struggle forward. And this was the smart thing that they did with Spider Man was that they they're like, okay, we've we've shown this origin story twice in the last ten years, let's just. We don't need to show it. It's it's done. People get it. Um, and so it's going to be really interesting to see now that they're killing off the old characters and whatnot uh, to how they how they continue to introduce and how they keep people interested. Yeah, and I'd be really keen for a whole new take on X-Men. Yeah. Like, just a whole new whole new sure. tone, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. right, let's just... And, like, you know about that cartoon series? I was so that kid. That cartoon mm-hmm. series was so cool. 
Um, that and the Batman series. Yeah. Like those two animated series. Oh and the Spider-Man. God. There's a Spider-Man yeah. series at that time as well. Um, and, yeah, that kind of... Yeah, that, that space sequence at the start of this film where they are the superheroes and they're going off and doing missions mm-hmm. and they're still prejudiced against, but they've still got supporters. That space has never really come into these X-Men films apart mm-hmm. from their little part at the start. Of Dark Phoenix? Yeah. <laughs> when they try and really... <sighs> Force that relationship of like Sophie Turner going, "Is it safe?" and and Jeff Lawrence going, "Yes, it's safe." <laughs> Just like, well, if uh, if you say it's safe, I trust you. <laughs> Okay, (laughs) let's go. I just felt like I had missed out on like a whole key in their relationship. I was like, okay, so they're best friends. Why was she not in the past three movies? (laughs) I did appreciate though that they didn't make them friends, right? Mm. Because so often, particularly the only female characters, I mean, there's Storm, but let's be honest. Um, (laughs) She has nothing. Um, You know, that they they, they weren't at each other's wits. Like, they were helping each other out. Just, but yeah. so gamely. Yeah. Uh, oh, and and speaking of the the intro of Dark Phoenix, can we talk about what they do with Quicksilver? They ruined him. But oh I, I don't mind that because I was sick of Quicksilver when they used him and they did the same sequence in, in Apocalypse, Apocalypse that they'd done yeah. in Days of Future Past. I'm like, no. I like <laughs> that they they just beat him up and then he was gone because I was like, ah. Oh. Oh, the, the, him him climbing the things. Yeah. And, boom. <laughs> <laughs> and he returns at the very at literally in the last two minutes. He has one more line. He's yeah. like, oh, he's okay. Oh, okay. He's, okay. He's there and that weird bit where he's like yeah I totally did everything I yeah. was like mm, what because it's also, it's another drop thing right because Magneto's his dad and he kind of knows uh, Mopocalypse yeah, true. but he doesn't tell him and like, yeah oh. I always thought that was really weird especially coming out at the same time as Avengers 2 when they had Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch yeah. and I was like where's his sister why is she not in <laughs> in for, in the second you know X-Men film it just seemed like okay so we've got the backstory that he's his Magneto's his father but that's not in the Avengers and it kind of felt a little bit contradictory especially because they're two separate actors yeah <laughs> it's just like can we not get a little well. bit of they, well they weren't allowed to they couldn't use the word mutant yeah yeah. they couldn't say the word mutant and they couldn't say any of the characters from the other films so mm. I can't remember what they were referred to in the Avengers films mm. they were so cool in the Avengers films I love um, what's her face uh, Olsen the one of the Olsen sisters Elizabeth yeah. Olsen yeah she, she does a good job I, think. I just I wish that Marvel had X-Men had had Scarlet Witch in it. She's such a cool part of the comics and she should have been in there. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cinema in Context. If you enjoyed our podcast, then please share it with your film-loving friends. You can listen to Cinema in Context through SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or Radio Public. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter or YouTube, which are great places to let us know what you think of this episode or give us suggestions for future films to discuss and compare. Look out for our next episode in a month's time and until then, ka kite anō.